Hi, this is Lindsey Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview Podcast for Friday, April the 3rd. On this week's edition, we're going to talk what else about the coronavirus. I'm joined, as usual, by Max Brantley. Hello, and the old dog has learned a new trick. We're Skyping. Yeah, yeah. I guess Maybe. that's a pretty old trick for, for the youngsters, but but in any event, new one for me. Maybe maybe we can do video chat and you can see. I don't know if the world I don't know if the world's ready for that or not. <laughs> do you have a uh, a pandemic mustache or beard? No, I've been I've been trying. I mean, my approach to this is to keep the house neat, keep myself neat shave every day and kind of, I mean, for one thing, it takes a little time, you know, and so it's just, kind of, I just, I'm just an orderly kind of person, you know, I'm, I'm not going to grow a beard. Mental health is important. Yeah. I mean, and I, I find my mental health is good as if things are in order. So. Okay. So the, the big debate this week in Arkansas is, are we doing enough? Um, most, most states across the country, in fact, most countries across the world have have some sort of shelter in place order going. Uh, in Arkansas, we have what the governor has called a targeted approach. He's closed um, a host of businesses. Um, there are some curfews in certain areas. Schools obviously are closed. Uh, he says that's enough and that when you really study some of the shelter in place orders at other states, there are so many exemptions for certain businesses as to make them meaningless. And I think he makes some fair points in that argument. But I thought the best answer to his argument today was something I saw on Twitter that was sent to me. And it says declaring some places separate from shelter in place orders like having a, a peeing section of a swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and, and that's kind of, I mean, the, the borders don't respect viruses. And, and it may be true that so far within our Arkansas, our growth curve is truly not that high compared to some others. And it may be true that we've had sufficient adherence to shelter-in-place guidelines as opposed to orders that we are slowing the growth. But you know, I, I, I mean, a little bit of precaution is worth a lot to me. I, I happen to be in that group that thinks we should go farther, even if it doesn't appear to be justified by an explosion of cases. I, I just don't think, I mean, I still am also not convinced that that our number of cases necessarily reflects the extent of the disease here because our testing rate has been targeted at certain areas and and we're still not where we need to be in terms of testing. Now, their answer to that is, well, hospitalization rate is a good indicator uh, as any of how serious the disease has been. And ours is fairly low. And, and that's, that's a fair point. And Dr. Nate Smith is a legitimate epidemiologist and, a, a, you know, seems like a good and honest guy and all that sort of thing. But, but there is also this, this uncomfortable fact, which the governor of Georgia just learned this week, although it's been known for quite a bit, quite a long time, is that maybe a good quarter of the people with coronavirus don't have any symptoms, and they could be blindly passing it on to other people unbeknownst to us. And so I, I just think the more precaution, the better. And the governor just seems to be really interested 
in keeping whatever commerce afloat he can keep afloat. I thought he made a real mistake in singling out Dillard's department stores in his news conference defense yesterday because it made it sound like he was doing this for Dillard's. Hell, who knows? Maybe he was. I don't know. I mean, I thought I thought we had a pretty tough opinion piece on that on the web today that's worth reading. Yeah, by, by Autumn Talbert. Yeah, uh, I thought it was good. Yeah, and I mean, uh, we've also, we had a, another opinion piece calling for people to stop running in groups, and uh, in Little Rock they closed uh, Scott Field, the, the football field, the whole high school, because there were all sorts of people get, gathering. There are all yeah, sorts but, of anecdotal examples of people not following the social. No, I, I, I think there's a lot of evidence that an awful lot of people in Arkansas aren't taking it seriously. They're like numb nuts, teenagers all over America that think they're invincible and that they can get together and hang at the Sonic or the park or wherever. And they don't have a problem pretty well disproved by the group of Texas longhorns that went down to Mexico for spring break. And more than half of them came back with coronavirus. but never mind that. Also, th- there's a pretty strong showing that, that Arkansas is not taking the mobility rule as seriously as some other places are. There was a strong pushback to this argument by a freelance writer uh, in Northwest Arkansas. I kind of respect that all oh, the South's getting a bad rap by these maps that you got to understand that the South is rural and poor and we got to drive a great distance and what have you. But this is about average movement. And, and I would point her to the upper peninsula of Michigan, which is about as unpopulated as you can get. And they've reduced the amount they move around. I understand you got to drive 30 miles to the grocery store someplace in Arkansas, but you don't have to go every to Walmart every day. You may only need to go once a week, you know. And when you go, you're careful about what you do. I, I just, I just think there's too much evidence that that there's a problem. And and you know, Little Rock is one place that we have the highest number of cases of any county in the state. We have the greatest population density. Almost nothing like New York City. And I think we need to do more here. I, I see some evidence of people doing more here, but it's certainly not been wholly adopted by everybody in town. And I had an interesting conversation today with Mayor Frank Scott about this, and he he acknowledges that a lot of people have wanted him to do more and said the mayor should declare shelter in place. And he essentially says that he's asked the governor about this, and the governor's made it clear that his executive order prevents any regulation of commerce by mayors. I mean, I, I think you can read that regulation, that, that order he issued a little bit differently. But And, and this, is the, this is the key thing to me is what I've been told is that in other states where there are Republican governors who were reluctant to issue stronger orders, the mayor just went out and acted on their own. Now, maybe they had the power to do it in their states where Frank Scott does not. But the pressure from local officials pressured the governors finally to come around and get on board with, with social distancing. And, and, and even if the governor is right, that a stronger order from him wouldn't effectively change much, there'd be exceptions and, and we'd be not that much different from other states and in the amount of activity that was still allowed. I think the order would say a lot philosophically. I mean, I look back at my own situation, (coughs) gee, it seems an eternity ago, but I think it was only about three weeks. And my brother-in-law died in California, and I was supposed to be a pallbearer and give a eulogy at his funeral. Things had just started happening. I mean, I don't think Arkansas had had its first virus death yet, but the U.S. had had 
a few and people were starting to do things in response. And I really, and, and travel was slowing and, and I think California may have started to react in the San Francisco area by then. And I finally told my sister, I just didn't feel right making the trip because it just didn't seem like being a good citizen. I mean, that, that, and the fear of getting stuck in California for the rest of my life. Well, like three days after I made a decision and called my sister, they issued a stay at home order in Orange County, California, which is where I was going. So, I mean, and they wouldn't allow more than 10 people to go to the funeral. And so between his kids and grandkids, that was more than 10. So, I mean, all that worked out for me as far as that went, but, but, you know, but, but I, what I do know is the fact that people starting to say it's dangerous to go out and mingle made me think maybe I shouldn't do it. And and I think a governor going really strongly in that direction, not just saying, please do this. And, and as, and as Autumn's column pointed out, the governor sent conflicting messages at times that go about your normal lives, go to the state parks, don't go about your normal lives, don't go to the state parks. I, I just think a real clear message might produce results, but, yeah, I agree. And I mean, he's just going to get beat up on this every day that he doesn't do it. How long can he hold out? Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see. He said he's going to announce tomorrow some tougher enforcement of his social distancing rules. Exactly. I'll be interested to see what form that takes. It was pretty interesting today, though. This was the second day of him, him defending his policy and saying it was the right course. Listen, I hope he's right. I hope we're an oasis in the storm and that our rates are lower, although... I mean, so we only have a thousand deaths instead of three thousand. Maybe we could have had fewer if we were tougher on our rules. I mean, you know, that's a that's a weird game to keep Dillard's open to me. I, I, I just I mean, I'm just I'm just wholly on the other side of this. And Frank Scott asked me today, said, Well, what would you do? And I said, Well, you know, I don't I mean I'd I'd do San Francisco and New York. That's what I'd do. I mean and you know, and I've read some pretty good pieces this week. One was in the Atlantic by people saying economically it's a false choice. This notion that keeping some commerce going is good that they they found in places in the famous 1918 influenza, the cities that shut down and had lower death rates actually rebounded faster than those that did not. So I, I'm just I just I mean it's it is all opinion, and 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 I don't dispute that the governor has reached his decision based on a lot of data and based on people that are experts, but I'm just, it's just one of those things. I mean, I just, I disagree with him on it. I mean, I think he's done a reasonably decent job, but although we've screwed the pooch on handling unemployment claims and still haven't gotten that straightened out yet. And although there's a huge crush, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's, there's, there are other, other things out there that, could work a little bit better, I think. But that's yeah, I mean, that, and and that undoubtedly is going to be an ongoing issue. The same, I think, you'll see with DHS and and handling um, Medicaid uh, enrollment. Yeah, I mean, we our handling of Medicaid has been a disaster throughout the Hutchinson administration, and now they're going to go online with this incredibly impoverished, sick disabled and not very well equipped population they're going to get their medicaid through through the computer i mean this is i mean i understand they got to reduce their office but it's i it's it's just it's a terrible thing and and this notion that we're really having school by alternative instruction give me a break i mean it it ain't happening 
Well, yeah, I've been talking to quite a few people about that. Uh, you know, several states have shut down school altogether, um, which I'm sympathetic to. And I mean, just as a parent, uh, the idea of continuing on with this alternative instruction is just something I dread. But I mean, think about what this is doing with the equity gap. And um, well, sure, that that's the problem with this. This is what I think is happening by and large. It's like that homeschool has homeschooling hasn't turned out to be the disaster some people might have thought it would have been because the people who choose to do it understand that it takes X amount of work and X amount of involvement. And, and I think most of them, a lot don't, but I mean, most of them kind of attempt to do school. But I mean, people are working. They're, they're not making their kid turn on AETN and, and follow the lesson plan. And is there anything worse than school on television? I don't know what it is, but. I mean, well, I, I can tell you what it's going to be. The This new program that the LRSD is rolling out, I think, is going to be way worse than the ATN. Oh, so, Jesus. That, that, that's my prediction. We'll see. I bet we'll be able to talk about it next week. And people don't have computers, and they don't have Wi-Fi, and they don't have people holding their kids to account. And, and you know, I mean, we already have a huge truancy problem in real school. I mean, they're, they they got somebody at home that's going to make those kids watch a TV or hook up a computer, it's not going to happen. What's going to happen is the kids who need help most are going to lose the most, just like just like they always do. The only good news is I guess there won't be any, any achievement testing this year to to say how what a failure poor kids are on school tests. That That has officially come through. I think that, uh, an open question is what this will mean in terms of the state's handling of the LRSD. Um, I, I think it could easily be used as an excuse to continue oh, fit with it even more. Take it to the bank. That's what the miserable state of Arkansas is going to do. They'll, it'll add one more year of state control to the Little Rock School District and one year closer to the privatization of the school district. There's a fistful of application for more open enrollment charters in Little Rock this year, and I'm if some of them are not approved by the state board, I'll be very surprised. So uh, speaking of, of uh, social distancing and uh, keeping, keeping folks healthy, the state legislature is, is still going forward with its fiscal yeah, session. Yeah, There's well, I mean, I, I think everybody's concluded that, you know, the governor suspended a lot of laws, which I still think is an open question for the, for the legal minds to consider. But uh, they haven't suspended the Constitution yet, I guess. And uh, and so they've just pretty much everybody agrees they got to meet. Of course, if if some greedy Republican legislator hadn't come up with this idea for a fiscal session sometime back and gotten the Constitution amended so they could meet every year, so they could get a, a better paycheck every year and not have to work at anything but being a legislator and getting wined and dined by lobbyists, we wouldn't be having this so-called fiscal session or budget session. But it's going to start at noon Wednesday, and uh, the, my last word from a House spokesman was is that if all goes according to plan, they hope to get it done in about a 10-day period with about eight days of meetings. They'll have a they'll have joint budget where they jam the budget, the appropriation through for every agency and, and quickly and dirtily pass, pass them all in the House and Senate. 
And, and, you know, whatever gets passed is probably going to change before it's all over with, but they've got this emergency budget approval procedure currently, and they can, they can duplicate that if need be. Uh, you know, these sessions can't be opened up to anything but budget except by two-thirds vote, and I'm hoping that that won't happen and that they get this done in two weeks. The, the great feature for me is, is, I mean, it's a blessing and a curse. The public won't be allowed to attend. The Senate will meet in the Senate chamber, split up with some sitting in the gallery so they're long distance apart. The House will meet at the, at the Jack Stevens Center, the big gymnasium at UA Little Rock, and they'll be spread out across the arena so they're far apart. Although it didn't keep two of them from getting coronavirus several days after the session that ended last week. But, uh, and so, uh, but the only people to be admitted is members and a limited number of staff members and two media at each site. So a total of six reporters will get in the building with no public allowed. And, uh, that means no lobbyists allowed. So, uh, <laughs> what could be wrong with that? Nothing from my point of view. I mean, I'm, I'm only half joking, but, uh, there shouldn't be much to argue about. It's just kind of a question of which agencies get help and money and which don't. And although that's, there's sometimes some special interest pleading on that. Uh, this is mostly just about running state government and maybe they'll get it done quickly. Okay. Well, anything else on your mind that you want to talk about? Well, Walmart's not going to have its annual meeting in Northwest Arkansas this year. It's a big star studded celebrity goat roping for thousands of people in the, in the Bud Walton arena because of the coronavirus. That was kind of interesting. I think it's, uh, well, I'll say for an endorsement, the only good news of the week. And, uh, I did, I did, I want to, I mean, this is a wonky thing, but the single best thing in the newspaper this morning was written by Tad Bohannon, who's the head of the central Arkansas water utility and a smart guy. And he wrote an op-ed for the Democrat Gazette about this movement that's afoot to restart the Pegasus pipeline, the one that ruptured seven years ago and spilled barrels, oil, and Mayflower. He explains a very complicated issue in a very easy-to-understand way. Yeah. Exxon has set up a corporate rookie-doo to relieve its liability and to get the thing done. The pipes that are in this pipeline aren't meant to carry the stuff they want to carry it in. They haven't been properly tested federal regulation process is secret. This thing would endanger water supplies all over Arkansas, not limited to central Arkansas water. And it's just a clarion call. And our sorry SOBs in Congress are big pipeline supporters as a general rule and big oil industry supporters. And I'm just hoping that this message will reach some of them. And when Exxon's mobile's cutout that operates this pipeline now, get serious about trying to start this thing up that they will finally raise hell unlike they unlike they did on the big pipeline to the Midwest. But anyway, but I, I just, uh, anyway, as I say, it's a wonky subject and pipeline makes people go to sleep at the very utterance of the word. But I just wanted to get in that plug for Tad Bohan and I just thought it was yeah. genius. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's an example of all the consequential things that are happening and including you know, regulatory issues that, uh, you know, may, may come to pass while everybody is focused on the, yeah, they're, they're all just being, they're all just being suspended. I mean, yeah. you know, the state of Arkansas is basically suspended environmental control. They, they kind of denied that's what they've done, but that's what they've done. I mean, you can get away with murder out there. You already could, but even more so now. Yeah. 
Okay, well, let's leave it there and move on to endorsements. Well, what I say was my endorsement of the arrival of the Arkansas strawberry crop. And uh, I got a quart from uh, Heights Neighborhood Market. It's from uh, up the road, uh, one of the growers up in Lone Oak County or somewhere up there. And it's a little early. They're not as sweet as they can get, but they're pretty darn good. And, I, and of course, it was kind of funny. Channel 11 did this great report on them arriving at Holland Bottom Farms yesterday. And people between love of Arkansas strawberries and uh, cabin fever, they had a traffic jam at Holland Bottom Farms. They needed to call the cops to handle traffic. There were so many people lined up to buy strawberries. So yeah, the governor, but the governor needs to put an end to that. <laughs> we We've got a report coming soon. They sold out in 15 minutes. 15 minutes. Wow, yes. that's in, that's incredible. But anyway, that the the arrival of Arkansas strawberries is always good news, and we need some good news, and that's mine. Okay, well, uh, we will stay on the strawberry beat. So everybody, make sure you check uh, arctimes.com. Uh, I I before everything got shut down, I'd become really addicted to going to to Jib Daily. Yeah. People's gym, as we call it. Um, so I was really bummed out initially not to have it. I noticed that they have posted at least one, maybe several videos of uh, some of their folks uh, giving some in-home instruction. Uh, one of their instructors, Luana, has a great step class. It's only like 10 minutes that I did with my kids this morning. Now, huh. we were coordinated enough to, to do it fully but it was it was a great workout uh i also i also um tried to buy some weights at home when i realized i was going to get cut in for a while and they're all sold out or at least they were a week or two ago but um i happened to mention that to my father who had some some of those bowflex adjustable weights that he wasn't using so i got those from him and they've been great it's uh I got a few spare dumbbells if you need them. <laughs> okay. But by, by the by the way, just in case if you need an emergency supply, I got a stack of them. Well, they say that staying in shape is key for uh, for uh, fighting the coronavirus. My 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 it. wife and I have not missed a day since we we went into shelter 22 days ago, and we have done we've done our walk every single day. We've had to work it in around rain a couple of times, but. I think just getting out, getting away from the house is critical and, but in a safe way. I mean, we walk, you know, in our neighborhood and it's, and we give a wide berth to everybody we meet and they get, and, and likewise to us. And, uh, but it's, uh, I, I highly recommend a couple of miles of walking every day. Yeah. May go for a jog now. Okay. Right. Well, well, thanks for tuning in everyone. Uh, we'll be back next week. We'll see. And by, and by the way, for those of you who don't watch, I, I mean, just because I don't have anything else to do, I'm doing my daily news roundup in mid-afternoon, seven days a week on Facebook. So you can check out the Arkansas Times Facebook page and get an update on the news if you happen to miss it. Although the governor, his YouTube uh, briefings are now drawing about 12,000 watchers every day. Pretty amazing. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder if he will brag on it, Trump style, on how popular he is. <laughs> So far, he's he's avoided being Trumpy, and thank goodness. All right, we'll see you. We'll see you. Bye.